I guess the key challenge is becoming aware of yourself and realizing where you need to grow. Uh, realizing that it's actually about you. Well, what do I mean by that? It's about pretty much everything that happens, pretty much where you are now is because of the decisions on the whole that you have made. Mm-hmm. Sure, if you run out into the road and you get hit by a car and, you know, God forbid, and something bad happens, you couldn't control that. But if you mm-hmm. get hit by a car and you're in hospital for a while, or if you lose an arm, you can still control what happens afterwards. Okay, I haven't mm-hmm. got an arm. So what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And, and so you've got to realize your limitations and see how you can address them. Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Now, this is a show that talks about the stuff that makes life work. And to help us do just that, today I'm chatting with Zafar Karim, also known as Zaf, from BlockApt about where he's had to push through, what he does to recharge his batteries, and what does growth look like? What does more look like for him? Now, the show notes and transcript from our conversation will be available on our website, pushtobemore.com. And also on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. And each week we will email you the links and the notes from the show automatically. They go straight to your inbox totally for free. So do make sure you sign up for that. Now, this episode is brought to you by Orion Media, which helps entrepreneurs and business leaders like you set up and run their own successful podcast. Why on earth would you want to do that, you may ask yourself? Well, let me tell you, I have found running my own podcast to be insanely rewarding. It is one of the best marketing tools that I've ever come across. It opens doors to amazing people like nothing I have seen. I've built networks, made friends, and had a platform to champion my customers, my team, and my suppliers. And I think just about every entrepreneur and business leader should have a podcast just because it's had such a huge impact on my own business. Now, of course, this all sounds great in theory, but in reality, there's a whole bunch of problems, aren't there? Like setup, distribution, strategy, tech. I mean, the whole list goes on. And this is where Orient Media enter into the scene. They take all of that off your plate. You see, I love talking to people, but I'm not a big fan of production and editing. I'm just not, which is why Orient Media do it. I do what I'm good at and they brilliantly take care of the rest. So if you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, have a look, check them out, orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. They've got some great free resources on there that you can also check out. Uh, so do check that out, orionmedia.com. Now, let's talk about today's guest emerging from the humble streets of East End London to the prestigious halls of Cambridge University. Zaf exemplifies success and resilience in the tech business world. A business maestro, he has mastered the art of steering fledgling tech companies to towering IPOs following, following an illustrious decade-long journey in investment banking with titans like uh, the Solomon Brothers, the Rothschilds. I mean, beyond a seasoned business leader, Zaf is trailblazing Oxbridge alumni, being the first in his family and the sole representative from his school to attain this milestone. That's a heck of a bio, Zaf. I'm not going to lie. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me. How are we doing? 
No, thank you very much for inviting me. I think you um, overcompliment me, but hey, you know. <laughs> I just love, I say this quite often now on the podcast, Seth, that um, I I never read a guest bio and, until it's live as we're recording, because I just love the way these things have been written uh, and the production team do such a great job on them. Uh, so great to have you. Are you still in the East End of London? Where are you now in the world? Uh, so I... Uh, uh, my office is in London Bridge, uh, but I guess technically I'm in the East End, but it's now called Canary Wharf as opposed to um, uh, yeah. uh, the less salubrious parts of the East End. <laughs> Canary Wharf is just a lot more trendy, isn't it? And a lot more, uh, a lot more fashionable. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Canary Wharf. I like to walk around there late at night whenever I'm down in London. It's quite a nice place to go. But um, wow, so you're in the illustrious uh, Canary Wharf. Now, Zaf, let's start off the podcast the way I like to start off the podcast with the podcast question. And I wonder how many more times I can mention the word podcast. Now, uh, as you know, the show is sponsored by Ori Media, the brilliant podcast agency. Can I ask if you had your own podcast? And you could have any guests that you liked on your show, past or present. The only caveat being that they've had a big influence on your life. Who would be a guest on your show and why? Oh, my God. That's um, that's a difficult one. Um, uh, look, I, I, I'm where I am because I stand on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so the, there's people... is far-ranging it's say Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, now oh, wow. you might not associate him with academia or tech or something but he's probably one of the only people I know of who has come from nothing and yeah. been incredibly successful indeed got to the top of the the tree in three highly competitive careers um, bodybuilding yeah, Hollywood and then politics yeah um, and uh, you know, I've read his biography. Uh, it's it. I normally don't read autobiographies, but his one is actually quite good. Mm. Um, I would uh, uh, invite uh, you know some of the teachers that inspired me uh, while I was at school. Uh, I would invite some of the dons that inspired me and gave me an intellectual awakening while I was at Oxford. Mm. I had some mentors. Um, while I was at the banks and and, and um, uh, subsequent to that, I didn't like, you know, villain characters like Al-Fayed, um, Muhammad Al-Fayed, because if you actually read his biography, which is not an autobiography, warts and all, um, it's quite remarkable what he has achieved given where he came from. The same with Maxwell, Robert mm. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. So, um but again, all of these people don't have to be in academia or in business. Um, you know, if you if you took take someone like Mo Farah, um, you know, the the, the sprinter, mm-hmm. the the long yeah. distance runner. Uh, if you actually look at what he's achieved and what's coming out about him, you know, it takes a particular kind of mindset and the resilience to achieve that much. Yeah, that's not yeah. taking away achievements from people that have had a silver spoon or whatever. But it, it's the distance you've travelled than mm. where you end up and um there's lessons to be learned from all of them that's so true that's so true and um it, it's interesting isn't it when you still i find the like you have done here zaf you know one of the interesting things that happens uh, when you think about this question um you come up with an answer and you think 
well, this person inspired me because of X, Y, and Z, or this person's had an influence on me because of X, Y, and Z. And it just snowballs. You can quickly just keep going and keep going and keep going, you know, and and uh, the the whole level of inspiration uh, is is fascinating. What does fascinate me about your answer is no one yet has mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger um, as a as a as a guest on the show. But actually, um, I think you're right. I think he would make a fascinating guest on the show because he has done it in sort of three areas. And you, uh, he's gone. He's back in Hollywood now, isn't he? He's yeah. he's now making films. I saw that there was a TV series with him. Uh, uh, I think on Netflix. Um, and so you're kind of like. This guy, him and Sylvester Stallone, you kind of, in my head, you compare the two of them. Do you know what I mean? But Schwarzenegger has done what Stallone hasn't in the sense that he has done success, he has been successful in other arenas, whereas Stallone sure. was always the sort of the actor and the writer. Um, uh, but I, 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 I would find it fascinating, uh, like you, Zeph. I, I think that's a, that's a great answer. I'm curious, though, when okay. you said... Um, when you, you you use this phrase, you had an intellectual awakening. Uh, I think was it um, uh, the phrase that you used. What what was that? What was that all about? Um. So, um, my parents were immigrants from um, Pakistan, and um, in the seventies, eighties, and there's this very much thing about. Um, um, you know, you're either going to be a doctor, an engineer, an accountant, a physicist, yeah. etc. So when I went up to uh, Cambridge, um, I um, I actually did A levels in physics, chemistry, maths, and prior to that, as a teenager, I used to program computers. So I was very much in that kind of mould that my parents can hold me up and say, mm -hmm. "My son's a scientist," kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I decided to read economics, um, much to the uh, annoyance of my parents who thought oh, economics. Wow. So, you know, what's that? Don't forget, this was uh, the mid eighties, mid to late eighties. Um, but even at that time, I had a kind of uh, disdainful view of classics, of philosophy, mm -hmm. or history. This one. What's the point? Um, <laughs> um, and and then by the time I got to the end of my Cambridge career. And certainly subsequently, I started realizing how valuable those subjects actually are. Mm. Uh, philosophy and the clarity of thought it can give you. History, because you know, if you don't study history and if you don't learn from it, you're destined to repeat it. I mean, that's a cliche, but it's actually true. Yeah. Um, uh, classics, because the, the, the texts that you study are as applicable today as they were, you know, 3000 years ago. Yeah. And my kind of intellectual intellectualization of that is simply the following. Whereas as human beings, uh, we've uh, massively changed our environment. We've advanced, you know, we've gone from walking to horse and cart to electric cars, etc. Fundamentally, the world is about what humans do and what humans do comes from the brain and it comes from the intellectual part to the extent of rationalization, but actual making decisions is an emotional part. And believe it or not, the brain hasn't evolved that much in the last 3000 years. Mm. So the, so the things that were applicable to how humans think 
and the emotions and what yeah. drives humans and what doesn't as applicable now yeah and and so so it was exposure to the, those ideas and having debates with um, you know people who were reading in quotes lesser subjects which i realize aren't lesser subjects at all in fact yeah they're the basis of so many things um cambridge taught me to think how to think uh you know doing my a levels and o levels and you know i did well but i realized there's a big difference in learning how to think yeah um so yeah that's that's what i'd say intellectual awakening i wish it occurred earlier but hey you know <laughs> um, everybody has different circumstances they do and it's fascinating listening to you talk Zaf, because i'm I, and i'm smiling because uh i as i get older um the more i realize uh actually some of the things that i like you thought were a bit dull and boring uh, actually is super interesting all of a sudden so I remember, you know, again, having that 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 moment of realization, probably in my mid 20s, uh, that actually history is actually quite interesting. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it was only then that I started to really understand it uh, more and started to read around it more. It was only sort of in my, I guess, early 30s that I actually started to care about um, our grandparents who were in World War Two and, and actually really understanding their story. Um, and I think for me, cinema in a lot of ways has helped bring history to life recently, you know, with the advances in yeah. technology and CGI. Um, but pre I mean, when I was in my 20s, it was a while ago. Let me let me just be clear with, you know, um, it's, it's before technology. But I, I, I do sit here and think, yes, I, I do wonder what it was that. Or I wonder what it is that is an age thing that makes me appreciate these topics the more I go through life rather than appreciating them when I had the opportunity to learn and absorb a lot more, like at school, for example. I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Um, growth, um, maturing, um, mm. uh, you know, people mature at different levels, people mature into different things. Um, I'm certainly not the person I was 10 years ago and um, I'm, I'm probably unrecognizable from the person I was 20 years ago. Mm. Um, if I kind of turn that on its head, uh, 30 years ago, I was so clever and everything else. I knew I had nothing to learn. Uh, 20 years ago, I was a lot cleverer and realized I had quite a bit to learn. And now <laughs> I, I know nothing. Uh, I, I've still got everything to learn. I, I, yeah. I make no assumptions anymore. Yeah. It is funny that, that, cur that curve that you go through, isn't it? And, um, we often say that about the teenagers, you know, teenagers know everything in the world. Those in their 20s kind of know most things about the world. And then by the time you get to your 40s and 50s, you realize you actually know nothing about the world. Correct. Uh, <laughs> that's quite, it's quite a fascinating journey that we all sort of go on with that. So looking back then, uh, Zaf, over, you know, over this period of growth, you know, from your 20s to your 50s and, and your, your sort of remarkable story. What what jumps out of, of uh, you know to you as maybe one or two of the key challenges in life that you sort of had to face you know that you that you came through what what were some of those turning points for you? Well, look, I I think um, it, you do ask quite deep questions, which is good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I guess the key challenge is 
becoming aware of yourself and realizing where you need to grow, uh, realizing that it's actually about you. Well, what do I mean by that? It's about pretty much everything that happens, pretty much where you are now is because of the decisions on the whole that you have made. Mm -hmm. Sure, if you run out into the road and you get hit by a car and, you know, God forbid, and something bad happens, you couldn't control that. But if you mm -hmm. get hit by a car and you're in hospital for a while, or if you lose an arm, you can still control what happens afterwards. Okay, I haven't mm -hmm. got an arm, so what am I going to do about it? Mm -hmm. and, and so you've got to realize your limitations and see how you can address them. Um, I, I, I think that's the key challenge. So let me put this in, in into perspective. So people say to me, oh my God, you know, you're brought up in the East End and uh, you know, the West Ham football ground was the center for the national front and everything else. And mm. see, but that's all I knew and my attitude towards it. Yeah, so I just got to deal with it. Mm. And, you know, I, I didn't know that my school was not a good school. Yeah. I just did what I did. Now I've got exams mm. coming up. I better do some work, right? <laughs> um, I didn't know that, um, uh, uh, you know, that there was racism then. There's racism now. Mm. But I didn't see it as a challenge, as something to overcome. I just thought, okay, that's, 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 that's a given. I can blame everything on that or I can just get on and try and do what I'm going to try and do. Mm. So they're obstacles, but I don't see those as challenges. Now, when I look back, I realize that at that time, the schooling in my area was very bad. But at, if you asked, go back 40 years and ask me, I'd just say, no, it's great school, you know, mm. whatever. Yeah. When I go back, uh, say 20 years and I, uh, 30 years and I look back and, I think, you know, when I started my professional career, there was a lot of ways of behaving and norms and the rest of it, which I just wasn't aware of because I'd never been exposed to this. And I, I'd never known anyone in my circle of family, friends, anything that exposed to this. But I didn't see that as, oh, that's a challenge. I've got to overcome it. I realized now it took me longer to overcome those things because I had to grow, I had to be aware that I didn't know mm. those things. But it wasn't like, oh, that's an obstacle in the way and how am I going to overcome yeah. it? Uh, do, do, do you see my point? So my, my, my attitude has always been, well, you just get on with it. And then maybe five years later, you're like, my God, everybody else that's done this didn't have that problem to overcome. Yeah. But I didn't see it as a challenge at that time. It's just, oh, I just got to get on with it. Yeah. I, mean, I think resilience, resilience is, is really important. In the credit crunch, I, I suffered very badly. Um, and I basically had to get up and start again. And, you know, I wasn't a 20-year-old. I was a 40-year-old. Mm. But so, so what's the alternative? You're going to sit there and mope until your friend, you had a bad time and everything else. And then 20 years, look back and say, well, I spent the last 20 years of my life pitying myself. Mm. Or you can say, well, you know, Stuff happens. It probably happened for a reason to teach me a lesson. I don't know. I don't know what the lesson is, but I'm going to bloody well find out. <laughs> That's such a great attitude. As you're talking, um, I'm reminded, Zaf, of an episode we recorded on the podcast uh, quite early on, actually, with a guy called Ram Giddimore, who's also uh, in London, uh, immigrated, uh, I think it was in the 60s, um, into the UK from India via, via Kenya, I think it was. Um, 
very similar mindset. It's like we have all of these problems. We can't control them. But what can we do? Let's get on and do something. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 fascinating listening to you talk. And I I, I don't know. Is this something that um, you learned yourself? Is this something that came through your parents? This attitude. I'm I'm kind of curious where it came from. It's it's. If you'd asked me these questions before the podcast, I would still have had as much difficulty trying to answer them. But you haven't, so this makes it more difficult. Um, look, you're you're really talking about nature versus nurture, I think. Um, and uh, when I was growing up, I I was cognizant of the fact that you know we were in the East End. Yeah, mm. East End people do this. Yeah, I was cognizant of the fact that um, you know there was never much money around, um, mm. and um, you know there wasn't the internet and stuff, but you know you had TV and things, and I just knew I wanted better. I wanted this is not what I wanted for my life. Yeah, um, and so that gave me a massive drive. Now let's take the same Zaf Karim. Let's say I'd been born. Um, in much more fortunate, fortunate circumstances with much more uh, well-endowed parents and a better school and everything else and the rest of it, I may not have had that drive. Mm. <laughs> because I, I would have thought, this is pretty good. I want to stay here. Yeah. And, and staying there may still have taken effort, but it might not have taken as much effort. Um, once you've got that drive, it kind of stays short. It mellows out over time. Um, so is that nature uh, or is it nurture? Uh, I think it's a mixture. So yeah. I've got four siblings and uh, we have a wide variation in the degrees of success we've had in our lives. I don't just mean career wise, but mm. otherwise. Yet we were brought up by the same parents in the same circumstances. Yeah. So, yes, there must be some element of uh, 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 nature, mm. uh, but there must be some element of nurture as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so, uh, look, it's, it's a difficult one. Has everybody with my circumstances ended up being as successful or unsuccessful, depending on, you know, which part of the tree you're on? Um, uh, no. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a drive. I, th I think I've always been driven, fairly driven yeah. Uh, yeah. from an early age. Um, just, just, it's just, yeah. But nature, nurture. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting I, one, isn't it? And I like I like um, how you talk about that, you know, and, and how it's a mixture of two things. And if you were born into different circumstances, would you still have the drive? I'm kind of curious, though, for you, um, you know, the, the whole resilience, uh, which I think is a great word. It's not a word we hear a lot of these days, if I'm honest with you. Um, I had to look uh, it up before I uh, used it. <laughs> brilliant uh it's it's uh it's an interesting because i think uh, if i was to categorize a word at the moment i don't know if i of, of culture at the moment i don't know if i'd use the word resilience more than i'd use the word victim uh, in the sense that everybody's become a victim, victim. about uh, various things and it's please it seem yeah <laughs> it seems to be the opposite but i'm kind of i'm kind of curious um for you zef um you, you had this drive, you wanted to develop, uh, you wanted to get out, you wanted to have more. Do you feel like you've done that? Do you feel like you've achieved that? Or is it still a quest that you're on? 
Look, I, I, I think for me, um, you know, my life in, in various fields, personal, um, professional, um, intellectual, whatever, has basically um, uh, kind of been fairly volatile, you know, gone up and then suddenly crashed down and gone up and crashed down. And um, um, I was talking to one of my very good friends over Christmas um, uh, and uh, funnily enough about the podcast that we listen to, you know, while we're out jogging or mm-hmm. whatever we're doing. And um, so she told me what she listens to and, you know, and, and I said to her, oh, I tend to listen to a lot of um, podcasts about uh, uh, self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this might be Tony Robbins. It might be, I'm not going to mention others, but, you know, there's lots of yeah. these things. It might be about startups and how you grow startups. It might be about sales. It might be about uh, uh, kind of moral philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to plug others but i listen to the moral maze for example right mm-hmm. um and she because she's known me for too long um she said i zaf you're still on that quest for self-improvement and you know but you have you you haven't changed a, a you know a dot since i met mm-hmm. you kind of thing like you're still yeah. pure or immature but she's a friend of mine yeah and so uh, you know I, I i think the moment you stop pursuing that I think it would be for me. It would it would be a disaster because I, I mentioned earlier, you know, in, in my career, there was lots of mores and ways of behaving and doing things which I didn't know because I, I'd never experienced anything. But because I was so good at other things, I was able to mask them. Now I wasn't masking them intentionally. I just didn't know I had all those deficiencies. Yeah. But over time, I became more and more self-aware, and I've been able to plug those deficiencies. And as a result across the board aspects of my life have got better. Mm. So I think this is a continuous, continuous thing. So, so mm. I read a hell of a lot, for example, uh, usually uh, fact, um, biographies, uh, books on business, books, books on I don't know, philosophy, it's, it's, et cetera, et cetera, history, finance, whatever. Mm. Uh, every now and again, I read a fiction book because my right, wife reads a lot of those and she gives me one of those that I, she thinks I'll enjoy. And I read and I think, yeah, this is really good. Mm. Um, it's a continual process. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It's a continual process. <laughs> no, it is. I, I think uh, that's why they call it growth, right? Uh, you, you keep moving, and it's <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's one of those. And I, uh, but I'm I'm ki- I guess the reason I'm asking this question is, you know, when you when you go back to being a, a lad grown up in the East End, or you know, you're doing your A levels, or you're at Cambridge, and you know, you're you're envisioning your life in the future which is more than what it was in the past, you know, whether it was the circumstances, the money, whatever it was. Um, I, I wonder what that, what that sort of younger version of Zaf would think about the, where you are now, if that makes sense. Did you, did the younger version anticipate kind of where you are? No, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, so when I was um, at school, I was very much the geek scientist, chemistry, physics, maths. Mm-hmm. I designed electronic circuits. They got published in magazines. I wrote computer games, which were published, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when I went up to university, I decided I wanted to do something that was more 
real world. So, you know, when you're talking to people, they don't talk about if I drop a stone from a hundred meter building, how long is it going to take to hit the ground? They talk mm. about bloody hell, when is inflation going to come down? Yeah. That's, there's this subject called economics. <laughs> let's let's yeah. have a crack. Yeah. Um, and so, so when I went up to university, I, I, I read economics and, um, and Cambridge is a different world. Um, it was a foreign world. Uh, you know, I, I ended up there. I applied almost by accident. Um, because it was so much outside of the realm mm. of my yeah. entire existence. It was because somebody persuaded me to go to an open day and I went to an open day and I thought, you know what, if I don't apply, I won't know. So I kind of yeah. applied. Um, but then everything was so new. It wasn't until the first term of my third year that I actually started thinking, Oh, what am I going to do? Uh, um, you know, uh, cause economics, you can do lots of things. Yeah. And um, at the time, the most, glamorous and highest paying jobs were investment banking strategic consultancy so i thought you know what give it a go and i managed to get into solomon brothers which at the time was probably the best investment bank in the world so <laughs> uh, you, you know if you look at it from that honest perspective mm. i can't then say oh in my first year i'd planned to be prime minister by the time i was 25 years old <laughs> because because it was all so foreign to me yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know it was, it was something i saw on tv and it was for other people um so i was kind of floating along and doing mm. what i do and getting involved in society but now oh i have to make a decision now what shall i do and i thought well i know that these look glamorous and you make a lot of money and let's go for it yeah um a few years into my career, I thought, you know, I'd been investment banking all my life and everything else and the rest of it. And I'd be a, you know, gilded banker kind of thing. I was far more wanted to do my own kind of thing. And, and I left to start doing what, what I do, which is identify businesses, particularly in tech, get involved and hopefully make a massive difference, turn them around, grow them, et cetera, et cetera. But the kind of planning stage, even I, I know some of my friends who literally had plans that, you know, they'd be married by the time they were 30 and the rest of it. Um, and they were. And in some ways, their lives on some measures gone far better than mine because they actually mm. had a plan. They knew where they were going. But I didn't because, mm. you know, from the East End to Cambridge and then investment banking, where you didn't even know what investment banking was at the interview you just kind of <laughs> like it uh, <laughs> of course you read all the stuff and everything else but you didn't really know what it was still, the people still don't know to be fair and that's fine yeah that includes me um <laughs> and um uh, so you can't you can't really plan on that basis when you're moving so well i certainly mm. couldn't now you know i'm 54 Right. So I kind of have a plan that, you know, there's certain things I want to get done in a certain space of time because I've seen I, I'm, I'm standing on sufficient number of shoulders that I can mm. look down and say, you know, this is where I am and this is where I want to be. Whereas when I was in the East End, I was standing on no shoulders. Yeah. And so I didn't know what existed. So if I don't know what exists there, how can I decide if I want to be there or there or there? Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does totally. It's a very similar story to mine, although I didn't do the investment banking thing, but a very, very, very similar story. So I'm curious then, uh, Zaf, what does more look like for you now? What's growth look like for you now? If you, if you, um, I don't know if, if you thought about the sort of the next five, 10, 20 years, what does, what does that sort of look like? Oh, no, absolutely. So because I've experienced so much more, I kind of, you know, I know people, I, I don't, 
mean know of. I know people who are billionaires. Mm. Um, I know people who are um, working at charities or in need of charity. So I have a much wider mm. scope. So I, I think uh, there's, you know, I'm, I'm working on a particular business block app. Uh, I want to grow that. I want to make it as valuable as possible and then uh, pass it on to the next person who can take it to the next level. Uh, that seems to be going fairly well, but mm. you know, in this arena, startup arena, early stage, it's high risk, very high risk. Um, yeah. So, so there's that. Then post that, I need to think about what what I'm going to do after that. Maybe start up a fund. Maybe so I have a much clearer idea. But that's yeah. from a career standpoint. Uh, in what I do, I might end up broke, literally, mm. or I might end up being worth a hundred million, mm. a billion. It's not out of uh, you know scope. It's not like I'm you know a partner at a law firm and I know over the next five years maybe I'll make a million, a million, a million, a million, and there'll mm. be five million. And, and, and that's kind of it. it. You know, it could be very high. It could be yeah. disastrous. Yeah. Um, if I achieve uh, the latter, which is, you know, the hundred or billion or whatever, I have very clear idea of, uh, of um, what I would want to do with that money and past a certain amount, the rest I would basically um, uh, 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 give to charity. And then yeah. I know precisely what the charity is and mm. indeed, what I'd like them to do with it and every, you know, I've, because I have this wider scope now, yeah. this wider perspective. It's not just an idea. So I know that would cost this and that would cost this and that would cost this yeah. and that would cost this kind of thing. Um, growth. Um, my daughter, who's um, eight next month, um, she's told me that I need to re uh, increase my one pack to a six pack. Otherwise, she's not going to be my daughter anymore. Um, so there's a lot of pressure there. <laughs> um and then oh, um, um and then there's um uh, uh yeah uh you know i've been very lucky in my life in terms of i've learned a lot i don't just mean intellectually i mean in in many other ways as well i'd love to be able to pass that knowledge on yeah um you know th that, again not taking anything away from my background or the rest of it but there's lots of aspects of which if I had the different background, I would have had that knowledge earlier. Mm, mm. Um, and it's not knowledge as in hard facts or things, it's ways of doing things, with, you know, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, growth. Uh, yeah, look, you know, um, I've run an 80 person company. It'd be interesting to run a hundred person, a thousand person company. Mm. Whether I would want to do that or just pass it on, I don't know. But you need to keep doing things. You can't. Mm. You know, you're either dying or you're growing. Yeah. There is actually no standing still. <laughs> That's yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. And uh, it's up to you what or how you do that. Mm. Um, it's not what happens to you. It's it's um, it's what you do about it. Now, one mm. of one of one of the people I admire, uh, Warren Buffett. Mm. Right. I've read lots of his biography and then well, one, he comes up with lots of pithy phrases. And once he was asked, you know, if you had one piece of um, uh, advice for someone, uh, uh, investment advice or advice, what would you, what would, would that be? And he answered, choose the right womb to be born into. 
<laughs> or born from brilliant brilliant because because no matter what you do in life yeah if yeah. you happen to be born in certain particular rooms you're set mm. for life mm. uh, under normal uh, measures yeah. but you know that may mean that you're uh, aimless you you don't have any challenges you you don't yeah. lead a fulfilled life because of that but it, yeah. it's it's brilliant yeah it's a great point, point. So, yeah, yeah, so you got to, you got to, you just got to keep, keep at it, keep growing. Yeah, you can ups and downs and the rest. Of you just push through, yeah. or you yeah. can sit there and pity yourself and blame it on everything else. One yeah. of my uh, mentors, um, who I consider a mentor, very successful uh, individual, uh, massively successful, one of the first successful Asian people in in the country, um, as in you know, in the 80s and 90s there were no successful asian people that mm. made it to you know, the general public's consciousness and i remember one of the things he said to me uh you know we were discussing something and and he said he said everything's my fault i looked at him and i said what do you mean everything's your fault you, you're so bloody successful and everything else mm. and, blah, 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 blah. and he said look if uh tomorrow um you know one of my my son, I, I'm trying not to give away who he is. My son is walking down the road to come and visit me and he gets hit by a car or something. That's my fault. And I said, how is it your fault? And he said, because I have a chauffeur that could go and pick him up. Mm. That mentality is brilliant because mm. once you realize not everything is your fault, but everything is your responsibility. Yeah then you have the power to do something about it. But if you think, oh, it's racism. Well, mm. okay, you can't change that. So you can't do anything about it. Oh, it's, um, I'm missing one arm. But you mm. can't change that. So you can't do anything about it. So it's disempowering. But if you are actually strong enough to say, you know what? <sighs> it actually comes down to me, doesn't yeah. it? No matter what yeah. my circumstance is, then you have the ability. That's the first step in psychologically realizing that you have the ability to do something about it yeah yeah no, that's great so super powerful stuff listen uh you you, I, I, you reminded me of a book i read called extreme ownership uh by jacko wilkins extreme ownership. Okay. yeah a great book uh written by a navy seal um and you'll love it uh it's that kind of mentality all over um listen i'm aware of time uh which has rapidly got away from us i realize i've got a thousand more questions uh but if people listening to the show want to connect with you want to reach out to you want to find out more about block Act, what's the best way to do that um probably on linkedin uh but i get lots of linkedin requests so if on the linkedin they you know use the headline that uh, relates to this podcast then i know it will have come through this so i'm far more likely to uh, uh respond to it fantastic i mean fantastic. i read them all but you know responding different thing yeah <laughs> the same way i am exactly the same way yeah no i'm, I'm on linkedin under zafar kareem z-a-f-a-r-k-a-r-i-m there might be some other zafar kareem's there but mm. if you look for zafar kareem that's at block app at the moment then fantastic you'll get me. and there's a picture yeah. there which should look like me but you know you never know <laughs> you never know we will of course link to zaf's info in the show notes as well which you can get along for free uh with the transcript um at push to be more.com zaf listen uh really appreciate you taking the time and coming and sharing your wisdom with us thanks for 
Thanks for just being totally straight. And I, I just love your insights and philosophy on life. Really, really insightful. I have lots of notes. Um, and I wish you every success with becoming the billionaire and turning the one pack into a six pack, my friend. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for being very generous in the, your compliments. Um, maybe one day I'll be deserving of them. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> No problem. Thanks. Uh, huge thanks again to Zaf for joining me today. Also, a big shout out to today's show sponsor, Orion Media. If you're wondering if podcasting is a good marketing strategy for your business, and I think it probably is, do connect with them at orionmedia.com. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. Com. And be sure to follow Push To Be More wherever you get your podcast from because we've got some more great conversations just like this one lined up. Well, not just like this one because every conversation is different, but it will be a great conversation. Uh, so make sure you are subscribed. And in case no one has told you yet today, you are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Create it awesome. Zaf has to bear it. I have to bear it. You've got to bear it as well. Now, Push To Be More is produced by Orion Media. You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Estella Robin, and Tanya Hutzelak. Our theme music was written by Josh Edmondson. And as I mentioned, if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, you can find them on the website, pushtobemore.com. That's it from me. That's it from Zafar. I appreciate you being with us. Have a fantastic week, wherever you are in the world. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.